Hello, hello, hello. Tamara Braxton here, uh, the founder of Teacher Mommies. I am so very, very excited to be sharing with you this audio today. Um, I sent an email out to my list. Um, I think it was yesterday <laughs> and I introduced what I call my great eight power parent principles and I wanted to just take a minute to use this time and space to share a little bit more in depth about what those eight principles are um, and how you can use them in your own life I am sitting outside uh, this beautiful morning and I just really wanted to share um with you so that you can get an idea, especially with the school year, uh, new school year approaching and with your little ones about to get ready for school and if they're in daycare and, you know, just these principles are able to, you're able to use these across the board, no matter how old or young your little one is. Um, because I think that it's very important for us to realize that as parents, we are these not the sole source, but the primary source of our children's education. We are the primary source of their um, overall sense of self and self-worth and all of those skills. And sometimes, especially um, if you're not an educator, then it's like, okay, where the heck do you start? You know, besides telling them how awesome they are, like, what do you do? <laughs> you know, how do you um, create a, a lifestyle and, and this idea of um, academic achievement and allowing them to be, you know, compassionate, emotionally balanced? Like, where do you even begin? Again. And so um, what I did was, and I love sharing tips and tools and practices and things like that that I do with my own children. Um, those who, if this is maybe your first introduction to who I am, uh, just a little bit about me. Uh, Tamara Braxton, I have been in education for over 17 years now. Um, I have an, a magnificent 10-year-old. I call him my brilliant bionic boy because he is a student athlete. Um, he does track. He does swim. He does football. He does wrestling. We kind of keep him busy in everything. And he's also a straight-A student attending academic magnet school in the Atlanta, uh, metro Atlanta area. And and um, then also I have my little awesome Asa. He is, will be three months soon. And um, some of the, the ideas and things that I share, what really got me to organize what it is that we did with Nasir, uh, my oldest, is because I I had this kind of freak out moment where it was like, oh my gosh, like, was this by accident? Like, did I, did my husband and I just kind of luck out when it comes to our oldest son? Like, did he just, you know, was it just in his genes and, and we just were privy to be his parents or, or was it something that we actually did? And so I was able to really kind of sit and quiet myself down and figure out that there were specific things that we were doing consistently um, with him. And the cool thing is that once I kind of when that's, once I identified what I thought we were doing, um, I was able to kind of sit down and have a conversation with him. And, and those of you who have ever had a conversation with, with Nas is what we call him. Um, he's very articulate and he is able to hold a, a very mature conversation with you. And so when I uh, sat and I asked him and I said, well, I'm starting this community um, of, of other moms and I wanted to share with them the things that we did with you. And I kind of identified these things and I wanted to know what you thought of them. I wanted to know if you thought that those these were things that we we're actually doing or things that we need to be working on because I don't want to share with other people 
something that we're not doing at all. And so we went through these eight and he was like, yes, 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 yes. You guys do great. Yes, yes, yes. You know, it's going through the whole list, which I'll share with you in a moment. And he was like, yeah, because if it works on me, it'll work on anybody. And that just made my soul smile. I was like, oh my gosh, yes, I am in, you know, on the right track and, and things are great. And I was just very, very excited that he would even say that, right? And so um, when I share these great eight, when I go in depth um, with my inner city, um, inner city, any inner circle, um, which is definitely open for enrollment, you can click the link in um, the description to message me if you're interested in joining my Teacher Mommy's Inner Circle. I would love to have you along for this amazing ride and journey and um, help you and your little one uh, on your journey towards academic excellence. That would be awesome. Um, but um, I go and super, super depth and work personally one-on-one um, with each one of my inner city members. And, and I, I don't know why I keep saying inner city, uh, inner circle members um, with these eight principles. But um, I just want to kind of go over them with you so that you have an idea of what it is that it, with this upcoming school year, um, regardless of how old your or young your child is or your children are, that you will be able to apply these principles that apparently have been, you know, given the stamp of approval by my 10-year-old, <laughs> which is is awesome. Um, so these don't necessarily have to be in any particular order, um, but I find that the order that I'm going to share them with you, um, I find that it works best, especially if you are not in education. If you, you know, have been one of those parents, and some of us have all been there, and I definitely have had a classroom full of parents as us, um, that has solely put the education and the academic performance uh, responsibility on your child's teacher, I would like to uh, commend you for even tuning into this audio and for uh, subscribing to the podcast and, and connecting with me to change that. So one thing that you want to realize that I'm a huge advocate on that you're going to hear me say over and over and over and over again, that it is your responsibility. You are the primary source of education and enlightenment and encouragement and equipping and all that other stuff for your child, not your teacher, not your child's teacher, not your child's school. You are the primary source. You are to work together with your child's school and with their teachers in order to um, create a power partnership. But at the end of the day, you are the primary giver of those things. Like, um, you know, it is your responsibility to nurture and it's your responsibility to um make the effort regardless of how busy you are regardless of what your profession is and if you don't know then you can connect with people like me um and connect with my inner circle um so that I can show you how to do it within the um you know it's kind of weave it into the fabric of your current lifestyles not something it is new skills that you are going to have to acquire but it is um something that it could just become natural it's like a natural thing as opposed to something that you are adding to your already extensively long to-do list right okay so so let's go into this great eight so these power principles um I really believe that when taken in consideration and when applied are completely just life-changing and life-altering for you and your child. Um, it'll help you really begin to um, cultivate a deeper relationship with them. Um, you know, once they see that you are dedicated to their education, once they see that you are, uh, you know, an active part of what they're doing, 
when they are at school, um, once they see you taking their education seriously, um, you know, all of these things, then there's so much goodness that comes from it. I mean, you and your little one are going to see massive up levelings. You're going to have complete confidence that you are fully supporting your child throughout their academic career. You're going to uh, give you're going to have the skills to help your child develop a strong sense of self and self-worth. You're going to be help them bridge any learning gaps, boost their confidence, allow them, you know, help them become better test takers. I what I call I love to call bully proofing them, you know, really giving them that self-esteem that bully proofs them. Um, you're going to turn up the dial and, and, and just bring in some brilliant classroom performance and, and better their language and self-expression skills and you're able to do all of these things when you begin to apply the grade eight and when you begin to do it regularly. So the first um, principle is to set performance expectations for your child. Um, this is really to let your kid know off rip, this is what I'm expecting of you. And the reason why it is so powerful is because it works, um, it's, it doesn't have to just be academically. I took a little sip of my coffee this morning. Just love warm beverages and being outside. So that's what I'm doing. If you hear the, I'm not really sure what those morning noises are, but it's morning here um, as I'm recording this and I have my little coffee. So I'll take a pause every one now and then take a sip of it before the flies get it. Anyway, so the first one is to set a performance expectation for your child. And this is, like I was saying, it goes beyond academics. It, it is within anything, within sports, within um, performancing, uh, you know, if they're in arts or anything like that. When you are letting your child know off top, this is what I'm expecting of you. You are one, really setting the stage and the standard for them. And then from there, you can turn up the dial and you know as they begin to achieve and they've okay they reached that one now let me you know add this and add this and add this and and really laying that foundation it takes a guesswork out of what your child is doing what is like well I don't know why mommy's mad at me but I thought I did what she told me to do you know I, I did this um I kind of equivocate this is when my uh, Nasir was learning to clean the kitchen and he, when he was learning to clean the kitchen you know at first, I was like, why aren't you cleaning this right? And then it dawned on me, you didn't show him how. You know, so I took a one Saturday and we together cleaned the kitchen step by step of what it is that I was expecting of him when I said, go clean the kitchen. And the interesting thing now is if he begins to slack because they're kids, they're going to. The thing that we go back to is you tell me what you're supposed to be doing. You tell me what the expectation was. And then they're able to articulate it and they say, okay, did you do that? And that is so powerful when it comes to anyone. My um, nephew is three. His name is um, Ethan. You'll see some pictures around him too. Um, and just being able to, and, and even at that age, they're able to articulate what your expectations are. So if you say, look, you can either finish all your broccoli and then you can have some ice cream. Or if you don't finish your broccoli, you don't get ice cream. And if they are crying, I want ice cream. And they, did you finish? What What did I tell you? I have to finish my broccoli first. You know, it's it is so it's so simple, but it is definitely something that we, as parents, because we're so busy, because we're just like just get it already. Um, you know, it is very much um, 
a, a kind of a lost art. And as it refers to academics, when they go to school, this is what I'm expecting of you. I'm expecting you to excel at, at this particular level. If you have questions, I'm expecting you to ask them. I'm expecting you to write in full sentences. I'm expecting you to behave and let's, you know, those simple things. And it, it's a com- it's a consistent practice that you're going to need, um, but it's definitely something that your child will begin to say, okay, I already know what my mom expects of me when I come to school. And that that in and of itself like diminishes almost to nothing behavior problems and low performance because you've already set the expectation because if it is something that they truly do not get then you've already set the stage and say look if you don't understand ask a question if you don't understand dig deeper and you're setting those expectations so you figuring out what those expectations are and throughout um our time together um in other audios and through some of my my um videos and things like that, I will be able to show you in depth of how to set those expectations, how to um, recognize the performance abilities of your child, things like that, so that you're able to do that in a way that sets them up for success and not failure. Um, But just kind of start thinking about what what academically with this upcoming school year would I be expecting from my my kids, you know. And then the second one is to be persistent when you are communicating with your teacher, with your child's teacher. Um, far too often I find that I don't hear from many of my parents unless there's a problem, unless their child has gotten in trouble and I've sent word home, um, you know, that they are getting written up or getting suspended or something like that, or that they are failing, you know, even even the, hey, your kid, you know, needs to focus and study a little more. They're on the brink of being retained or something like that. Won't hear anything until it's like, okay, your child's being retained. Then it's like, well, why didn't you tell me? So you as a parent have to be persistent when it comes to communicating with your child's teacher. Now let's sip my coffee. And then um, the third principle is to proactively monitor your child's academic progress. Far too often, students get to the end of the school year or the end of the semester with failing grades and nothing has been done about it. And then they either, you know, the parents are coming to me. Um, I know this happened to my sister while she's teaching high school. They do the same thing no matter what um, grade level it is. And they say, okay, what can we do when it's, you know, too little too late? So when you are proactively monitoring their progress, looking at those progress reports, even checking in weekly, um, bi-weekly with your child's teacher, how are they doing? How are they doing? Is there anything that they're struggling on? Then that allows you to have that, that um, persistent communication, but then also be able to nip problem areas in the bud. So if there is a need for a tutor or if there is a need for extra credit work or if there is a need for, um, you know, you and your child's teacher to have a sit down and, and come up with some plan of actions, things like that, it's not too late and you don't wait till the last minute. So that is why we are proactively monitoring their progress, not just monitoring it, because you want to be proactive and not reactive. You don't want to get to the end of the school year and say, okay, what can we do to make sure my child makes it to the next grade? Oh, no, 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 no. You are way beyond that. You are way cooler than that. You are way better than that. You are a total rock star mama. You know that you can nip all those things in the bud so that when they get to the end of the semester or the end of the school year, They've already totally bossed out their school year and are ready to go to the next grade, not just skimming by.
Um, and then another, the fourth one, which I love and my husband loves, is to randomly pop up at your child's school. Um, it is so funny. My husband is a police officer and it is so funny when he walks into Nasir's class full uniform and all you hear is all the students say, ooh, Nas, there goes your cop daddy. Like, you know, so and, and the cool thing is, is when you randomly do it, then they have they're like almost forced 100% to always be on task because they never know when you're going to pop up there and when you're going to, you know, catch them doing something that they have no business doing. So it makes them, it behooves them to be on their best behavior at all times because you can't randomly pop up. And um, when they are paying attention and on task, then they are able to learn a lot more and a lot and absorb the information that is given. And then also, too, it keeps your, your child's teacher on their toes because they know they have this parent who randomly pops up for her 20 minutes and sits in the back and notes, so I got to be teaching. So it wins. Everybody wins. Your children are you know on task and doing what they need to do. And those teachers are on point and always teaching, always learning. Not saying that they, that they won't, but it's just a little bit of incentive when they know. Like, could you imagine... If all 27 of my parents were those random pop-uppers, like, I mean, I'm, I would all, I would like to say that I'm already an amazing teacher, but like, maybe I would even like feel inclined to take, crank it up a notch. Cause I know the parents are going to be there and, you know, and, and include a just in case parents participation part of my lesson plan. I don't know. I'm just, you know, but even for that, that teacher that's like on the verge of retirement, don't really want to be there, whatever, whatever, you know, to know that they have a whole classroom of parents that will pop up at any moment. You better believe that that is fire and motivation under their pants that they are going to do what they need to be doing at every moment as so um, so will and so will your child. So randomly pop up at your child's school. <laughs> and the fifth one is to cultivate a positive community of people um, around your child who is dedicated to their success. And this can go I mean, this it will include your child's parent, um, you know, your co if you're co-parenting or your husband. Um, it will include aunts, uncles. It will include older um, cousins. It will include coaches. It will include pastors. It will include uh, first ladies, mentors, um, after school tutors. You know, things like that. All of these people is a community that are holding your child accountable. I know that. I would say basically all of my um, closest friends that Nasir would include will um, kind of consider their aunt or uncle. They totally 100% ask him about his grades, see how he's doing in school, how he's feeling, how he do in athletics. And they, and he knows that it's this, this community that's around him, that it's not just his parents that are pushing him. And it's not just his parents that are telling him how great he is either. Because um, I think that oftentimes we think, oh, oh, that's my mom. She's supposed to say those nice things, you know. Um, but we have... Uh, purposely cultivated this positive community that surrounds Nasir and that surrounds Asa um, to encourage and inspire um, them and to teach them and um, which is important and it, you know it also includes grandparents and I was just thinking it was like you know as I'm doing uh, recording this for you like Asa is upstairs with Papa which is what they call my dad their grandfather um, and he's learning from him and and you know cultivating that that relationship with him um, and 
all of those things that they're part of their community and they will remember those things. They will remember. I know that when he was first born, I was so selfish with him. I didn't want anybody to talk to him. It was like just me, 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 me. And now I'm like, okay, let me go ahead and kind of release the range a little bit. My husband's like, he's not going to be a newborn forever. And I was like, I know, but he's my baby, you know, all that stuff, <laughs> but, you know, but allowing that uh, community to nurture him um, in ways that I am unable to. Um, and and to realize that takes a lot of courage as for you as a mama. Um, but I totally know that um, you are capable of doing it. And it was it's for your child's benefit. So you're going to do it for that, I'm sure. Um, uh, the sixth principle is to establish some kind of peer accountability system. Um, with Nasir, it comes easy because he is in sports. Um, so asking all his teammates while in front of him, like, you know, everybody share how they did with, in school, their parents posting their progress reports and, you know, our group and those sort of things. It really ups the ante when it comes to performance because they're like, oh, no, well, such and such got an A in, in social studies and I got a B and I'm not going to do that because I know I'm better than him. You know, things like like that whatever it is healthy competition I don't care whatever th- makes your child thrive do it um, if they are competitive or they um, just love recognition whatever it is just stroke their ego a little bit create some type of peer accountability um, and allow that to foster because uh, it's going to be for their benefit um, and then also praising your child uh, for their effort and their accomplishments. I think a lot of times we wait until they've achieved something to say, oh, you did so good. Um, and we don't necessarily praise them for the effort that they're making towards that progress, um, that progress that they're making. And then also, too, on the flip side, sometimes we just, you know, praise them and whatever because they woke up this morning. And so then they have this kind of entitlement mentality, too. So we have to be able to proportionally praise them. Um Oh, there's a helicopter flying by. I don't even know what's going on. Lots of lots of noises this morning, which is great. I just love sitting outside. Um, so if you're distracted by noises, I apologize. But I'm just I'm an outside type of girl. Um, no, don't like camping, but love sitting on a nice, beautiful patio as like I'm sitting on now. Um, yeah. So yeah. So um, praising them proportionally. I'm not just praising. Them, oh, you went to school today. Like yay. You know, celebration cakes for everybody. We're not talking about that. But you know, um, making sure that it is proportioned to their effort as well as their accomplishments is huge. And then the eighth principle, which is P, is for practice, 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 practice. You cannot see or expect progress from your child if you are not consistent with applying these other seven there's just no way in the world you can expect them to um, achieve academically become this amazing high achiever if you are not consistent so practice these principles regularly um, is the eighth principle basically because persistence consistency it's huge and it's going to basically tip the scale um, of how you show up what you do when you are um you know, the progress that you make. So those are my eight. I am so excited to be sharing with you. Um, again, I will be going in depth. Um, not sure it be audio, video, maybe a little blog or two. Um, but definitely um, like me on, uh, like their page on Facebook at Mrs. Tamara Braxton, as well as on Instagram to find out when I do drop those um, in-depth trainings on these eight principles and some other goodness that we have going on in the community. And again, um, enrollment for the Inner Circle is now open. So you can go on 
ahead and message me by clicking the link in the description of this audio so that we can connect in that way. Um, I would love to shoot over the full details and get you signed up and all that stuff. So that is all that I have to share today. I think that we are good. Um, I hope that you will take these eight and apply them um, and to allow a lot of goodness to come from it. I am Tamara Braxton. Thank you so much for allowing me to share and to serve you in this way. Cheers to academic excellence. I will talk to you next time. Bye-bye.